Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Man, it's shaping up to be a pretty good weekend. Tell you what, we are about to enter into uh, our time of study here. And our speaker, I get a chance to introduce our speaker. He's been a good friend of the ranch for about a decade now. Well, he's been speaking with the ranch for about a decade, been attending for even longer than that. He's now a pastor at Rye City Church in Owings Mills, and he's got some fresh Timberlands on. Let's make some noise for Luke Casagrande. Hey, bro. What is up? How are we all doing tonight? Is it? I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm with that. You like those? Yeah, those are butters, baby. Those are butters, baby. What you know about butters? Um, yeah, my name is Luke, Big House, Casa Grande. You can call me house. That's fine. Um, my wife calls me babe. My kids call me dad. My students call me house. And my congregants call me pastor. So right now in this space, you, you are welcome to call me house if you'd like. You can call me Luke if you want. It's all good. Um, some things about me. I'm born and bred in Baltimore, Maryland, the Baltimore, Maryland area. I'm a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan. Um, I am. Don't hold it against me. All right, that's fine. Pulling for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, must say. I'm just kind of tired of the Chiefs. That's all. That's all. What else? What else? I've got a 10-year-old and a son named Andrew. I have an 8-year-old daughter who's about to turn 9. Her name is Maddie Grace. She's hilarious. Um, I have a dog named Moses, another dog named Greta, and three chickens. And here's the thing about the chickens. We got those chickens about a year ago. And my wife is the type where she is extremely persistent. She is the most persistent person that I've ever met in my life. She has gone through all sorts of battles. She has taught in the inner city Baltimore for like ever. She's uh, tutored when she was a teenager. She has been in the hood tutoring kids at risk. And she is just a tough cookie. She's a cancer survivor. She's beautiful. She's my world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it up for Kel. So she's extremely persistent because she knows how to fight. She knows how to battle. She knows how to get her way. If cancer couldn't get the best of her, like there's no way that I'm gonna. You know what I mean? Like if she can overcome all that, there's no way that little old me is gonna stand in her way for anything when it comes to what she wants. So about a year ago, she wanted these chickens. Babe, can we get some chickens? And I'm like, no. I've got two kids, I've got two dogs, this house is crazy enough, I don't want any chickens. She said, babe, but I've always wanted chickens, I thought they'd be so much that, anybody in the house that have chickens, by the way, any of y'all have chickens, they're disgusting animals, and now I get why they're likened to velociraptors, because their talons are crazy, and they kind of like have this, they're just kind of eerily Jurassic, prehistoric, I digress. So my wife is like, I want these chickens. Anyway, long story short, we got the chickens. Now, I'm like, babe, you were right about the chickens because these egg prices are crazy out here. And we got the hookup. I'm going around like an egg dealer. Like, hey, man, I got the, I got the line. I got, I got what's good on the eggs. You trying to get some eggs? I'm trying to sling these eggs you out here. Anyway, um, if you were from Baltimore, you'd know. 
I'd like to do um, just a little short get to know me time with you because I know it can be kind of weird to have like a stranger talking at you, you know, especially a big dude like me that's dressed like a large ninja thinking he's slick, some weird boots on. I told my wife, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to wear my Converse's. They're black. And she's like, no, babe, wear the, wear the Tim's. I think they're fresh. So she won that battle too. Um, Anyway, so I would like to give you just a moment to get to know me a little bit better. So I would like to give you the opportunity just to ask me five questions. Any five questions about my life, nothing too crazy, all right? Let's not get crazy. But yes, you in the front, sir, in the plaid. Favorite color? Green. I love green. Any shade of green. I love green. Neon green, hunter green. Yes, ma'am. How long have I been this tall? Six three. Why? Because I don't have the hair to add the height. That's why I'm not that tall. All right, all right, all right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you. Did I name the chickens? Yes, we named the chickens. Um, we had five. Now we have three. Not going to tell you why. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Royal Farms called. No, I'm just playing. Um, Moana, because she's this type of chicken that has these like tribal looking feathers. So Moana. Then we got Luna, Bella Luna, which means beautiful moon, because she's black and she's got this kind of like incandescent feather profile, which means in the sun, it kind of like ripples. It's like a wild paint job. Um, And then we have Rosie, who's like gray and white, and she just looks like a mother hen, so we called her Rosie. So yeah, Moana, Luna, and Rosie. That's three. Two more. Yes. How long have I been a ninja? Hmm. For Jesus... (laughs) For Jesus. Not that long. Not that long. Not as long as I'd like to be. Yes, you. Do you like cheesecake? Do I like cheesecake? Girl, look at me. Of course I like cheesecake. <laughs> Think I come by this eating light? Yes, ma'am. Who do I think is going to win? Okay. So my heart, my heart says Chiefs. But my head says Eagles. I just think Mahomes is a little too hurt. He can't be going around all hurt like that. All right, that's it. That listen to your heart. It's horrible advice. Here's my promise to you. Here's my promise to you. I've been in ministry for about 17 years. And here's my promise to you and my promise every single time I am privileged to be in a space where I'm able to talk to young people. And my promise is I'm going to give you 100% of what I have to give to you. I don't need clap, but 100% of everything that God has given me to give you. I will give you 100%. That is my promise. I'm going to pour out up here for you. And the number one reason why I do that is because I believe that God has given me the privilege and the time right now to do that. So I'm going to take advantage of that. My, my, my ask of you, my request of you is to give me hundred percent right back. 
100% of your attention, 100% of your time in this moment that we have for this next 20 minutes or so. I just want us to be locked in because here's what I know. When 100% meets 100%, the quantifiable increase on that amazing things happen when two people agree to give everything. Amazing things happen. So I'm anticipating an amazing move this weekend as I give 100% of me, you give 100% of you, and Jesus gives all of himself in this moment, and incredible things are going to break loose in this space. And I've already been blessed by those of you have been giving 100% in playing these crazy games, 100% in your worship and giving up for God, 100% in giving your time and your attention in this space right now. Things are already being set in motion where you're going to be leaving this space, this place, after this weekend is all up, you're going to be leaving this place different than when you came here. Something's going to be different about you. And that's my promise as we promise to give 100% together. We're in this series that they've crafted at River Valley Ranch that's called Freedom Bound. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through these, these kind of different postures when it comes to freedom, these different understandings that we have when it comes to freedom. And if we think about freedom, basically, when we think about it in our context and in our world, freedom, if I were to ask you, many of you would say, freedom is I get to do anything I want to do whenever I want to do it. That's freedom. That would be freedom. And, and I wouldn't call that too crazy. Like, that, that's not a crazy thought being free to do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it, that is true freedom. But if we look at biblical freedom, if we look at freedom the way the creator of the universe has defined freedom, if we look at the one who set everything in order according to its time and position, if we look at the creator of the universe, the one who spoke light into being and separated the light from the darkness, if we look at the one who created the stars in the sky and the farthest galaxies that our telescopes can't even reach, or the one who set the depths of the sea that can't even be measured, or we look at the sinews in our fiber or the, the cells in our bloodstream, if we look at the one who set all those things into order, then we would be wise to ask the question, God, what really is freedom? What is freedom really? What does it mean to be free? And the reality of where God has defined it for you and me, if we just look at humanity, human beings, you and I, no matter where you are, as some old dude dressed in ninja clothes, up on a stage, yelling in your face, and I'm not yelling, I just talk loud because I'm Italian and that's how we talk. Or if you're a fifth grader, or if you're a senior in high school, or if you're a leader who's just kind of like, oh man, this is going to be a long weekend. I don't know if I can go down that zip line. I'm not sure if I can play paintball because I'm going to get lit up. Also, if you're a leader who's into playing paintball, I don't blame you. You can get your frustration out a little bit and you've got the permission to do so. Just saying, take it from me. <laughs> but what is freedom? How is it defined biblically? And where do we find it in the scripture? If we look from the very beginning in Genesis, in the creation account, when God created the heavens and the earth and all of you, when we took a look at Genesis chapter two, it says in Genesis chapter two, verse 15, it says, the Lord took man that he created and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. 
You know what's crazy about that word work right there? It's not like work that we think about it in our context, work. When we think about work, sometimes we think about something that's hard, like schoolwork or homework or yard work. Hate yard work. Told my wife I didn't want those chickens. But we think of work as something to dread. Did you know the way that God intended work? It was supposed to be an act of freedom. It actually is a word in the Hebrew, in the original text, in the original language of the word, it was avad. And that word avad for the word work actually means worship. That this is something that we're privileged to take care of. And it's not hard. It's something that we enjoy doing. Why? Because God put us here and he gave us this. He said, as far as your eyes can see, it belongs to you. Everything that I've given you is good for food. It's it's good for you. It's going to take care of you as you take care of it and manage it. I'm going to give you all the freedom you want to cultivate this earth and this garden that I've given you. And it is good. And so when you work this field, when you work this garden, when you work in this place, it's going to be like worship because every time your hand hits the soil that you were created from, you're going to be saying, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving me this. Thank you for blessing me in this way. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for being my uh, present help. Thank you for being with me in this place. See, if we look at the word, we can see that there was this relationship in this garden that was given to man to cultivate. And this work that this man was doing was an act of worship. And what was so cool about what God was doing in this place was that God was accessible in a relationship with the man that he placed in the garden. See, God had this relationship with man. God didn't just create the man out of the dust, breathe life into his nostrils, and then say, have fun working the earth that I created. Have fun just doing your job, and I'm going to be off, far off, somewhere distant from you. No, God said, I'm going to be right here with you. Because when God created the man and the woman, put them in the garden so that they might worship him in their work and taking care of it, he says to them, you are free. It's the first words he says. You are free. You are free. Somebody repeat that, that simple sentence. You are free. You are free. Go ahead and say, you are free. You are free. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are free. Now turn to the other neighbor and say, you are free. God's intent for you as his created child is for you to be free. For you to be free. And he created you that your life would be an act of worship as he is present with you, not leaving you alone, but with you for the intent of bringing him glory and knowing who he is. That is biblical freedom. You see, he says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. He said, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from this one tree. You're you're free to eat from any tree. I mean, I can't emphasize the any tree enough because when God says you can eat from any tree on this whole garden and this whole earth, that means you can eat from any tree, anywhere you want to go, anything you want to eat from, wherever you want to get your sustenance, whatever you want to try, you go ahead and do it. I just got one boundary line for you. One rule. Don't eat that one. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. You can go anywhere you want to. Don't touch it. You know what that reminds me of? 
It reminds me of the Lion King. Y'all remember the Lion King? Remember who you are, right? And, and, and Mufasa is with Simba, and he's showing his son its whole kingdom. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Everything, everything that the light touches is our kingdom, right? He's showing the kingdom to Simba, and he's like, just don't go into the elephant graveyard. Don't go into the elephant graveyard. Yo, Simba, you have access to all this. This is all your kingdom. Just don't go there. Just don't go there. But Simba is hard-headed. He wants what he can't have. So where does he go? Into the elephant graveyard, where the hyenas are and Scar and all that. But, but that's, that's kind of like what's happening here in this garden. God is like, my child, this is all yours. Just not that. Just not that. And, and what, what does this have to do with freedom? See, the thing about freedom is that God provides a choice for his creation, his created ones. And when I say creation, I mean actually humanity. He provides a choice for you. See, freedom is actually having a choice because without a choice, there actually isn't freedom. If we don't have a choice when it comes to our relationship with God, if we don't have a choice when it comes to, to you know, who we are meant to love, if we, if we don't have a choice when it comes to this relationship with our creator, if we don't have a choice where to eat from, then that actually isn't freedom. Because what we've done is we've been pigeon-held to a certain to a certain standard. And so that isn't actually freedom if we don't have a choice outside of the standard. So we have freedom and we were meant for freedom because God said, here's everything you can have, here's the one thing you can't have, and so you have freedom in the confines of what I say you do have. If you step outside of the confines of what I say you do have, then you will no longer be free. You have all this, and this is freedom. Why? Because I'm here. God's here. And, and, and biblical freedom, ultimate freedom there is, is found in an uninhibited relationship with its creator according to the standard that the creator has set. This earth, this world, this life belongs to him. You're on borrowed time. This is the life that he's given to you. And he says, yo, I'm requiring you to live in the fullness of the freedom that I have to you according to the plan and design that I have set in motion. Even the planets are humble to the standard that I've set for them in their rotation around the sun. Even the galaxies obey my voice. Even creation bows, the mountains bow to the presence of who I am. And freedom is found in the boundaries that I have set for you. When my son was little, man, probably about two years old. Nah, he was a little bit older than that. Let's not get it twisted. Probably four. I can't remember exactly how old he was. Toddler. He knew the boundaries because we had this little postage stamp backyard and there was freedom within the boundaries. But at some point in time, wind blew, gate opened in the backyard, turned for a moment, no Andrew. 
free in the confines that were set for him in the backyard, in the presence of his father. As soon as the gate blew open, little boy wants to take a little field trip. The panic that was set in my heart because I know what awaited him on the other side of the fence. A busy road where cars just fly through. Doesn't matter how many weird signs that we have with that kid with the stick and the hula hoop, that little round thing. They're going. Have you ever seen those signs? Kids at play. What is this? What is this stick with the round circle and they're doing this? Do, 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 what is that? You're making stuff up, bro. You don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many of those signs we have up. Cars are zooming by. No telling what kind of stranger might come through and want to just pick up a kid. Crazy things have happened. And so these things are racing through my mind. So in a panic, I run outside the gate and he's right there. He's right there. I had to play with the thing. Oh, no, you get back in here. This is what I have for you. But what awaited for him outside of the boundaries we know is not good for and not meant for a little toddler. God is saying, hey, look, this is where freedom is. It's in my presence and it's in the boundary lines that I've set for you in pleasant places. Don't get it twisted. You're going to see something that's going to catch your eye and be desirable to make you wise. But ultimately, it's going to leave you chained to death and separation from me. And when you enter into that decision to move outside of the boundary lines that I've put in place where freedom is truly experienced. It's not gonna feel like the door is still open because there's gonna be a point in time when you make that decision and the door actually closes. And now you're outside of my presence. When you thought true freedom was in the thing that you couldn't have, you realized freedom was found in my presence where I put you, where I intended for you to be. You know what I love? I love King David. Man, King David was a wild dude. This was a tough dude. I mean, I'm, I'm like a backyard DIY chicken farmer. This dude was a sheep shepherd farmer who killed bears and wolves and lions with his bare hands, might I add. Oh, my is right. Killed a giant with a rock, you know. It said even it, when, when David was getting like real popular and his Instagram feed was blowing up, it was like he was killing tens of thousands of soldiers. This dude was wild. No, they didn't have Instagram back then. But David was wild. And, and here's the thing. David also knew what it felt like to fear for his life. And he also knew what it felt like to live outside of God's will. And he knew what it felt like to be in the presence of God and live in a place where he felt fully free. He was a man after God's own heart. And he never experienced freedom like so pure than when he was in God's presence. But he did some crazy things in his, in his narrative. And, and there was often times where he was experiencing the ramifications and the consequences of stepping outside of God's boundary lines. But you know what happened in the life of David as he was penning some of of these psalms he he says in psalm 16 and i love this i love this it says lord you alone are my portion and my cup See, a, a portion is a is a, def, a defined 
uh, is a defined piece, a, a defined sustenance, a, a portion. Like when you have a plate and you get a cut of steak and you get served that plate, you are being served a portion. It is a defined piece of provision. You alone are my portion and you are my cup. See, cups, cups are defined. Like you can only pour so much into a cup before it begins to spill over. He says, you are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. I'm just seeing all of the, the, the boundaries, the securities, the, the, the lines that are being put in place as he's reaching out to God and acknowledging who he is. And he says this in verse six, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. When I was living crazy, I really wasn't free. And I'm knowing that in your presence, according to your will, the boundaries that you've set in place, the standard that you put in place, there are pleasant things. And he says, surely I have a delightful inheritance. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. When we think about the Lord and following our creator who has set the, farther, the brightest star in the farthest galaxy in place and has also had his mind on the smallest sinew in your muscle fiber and has counted every hair on your head. When we think how grandiose the creator of the universe is, when we can't even conceptualize the multiple billions of people that are on this planet and how big and vast it is, and yet we look at the limitations that God has purposely set, not to stifle us, not to, to, to enslave us, not to, to keep us in a, in a place where we cannot thrive, not for us to, to not have any fun, not, not for us to have this boring life. It's for us to be free because he knows where we belong. The problem is, and we'll look at this tomorrow, is that sometimes we don't know where we belong. And that's when we lose our freedom. When we don't know where we belong, who we are, and whose we are. But David knew, because he's saying, you set the limits, the boundary lines in pleasant places, and surely there is a delightful inheritance for me. So I praise you, Lord, because I'm protected in this place. You counsel me. You've given me the wisdom of where I belong. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on you. You know what's good for me. I'm going to look for you because in you, there is freedom. You created me to have a life that is free in you. And with you at my right hand, I can't be shaken. I can't be thrown off when I stay fixed on you and I know where I belong. Reminds me of the freedom in limitation and boundary lines falling in pleasant places because I am a huge football fan and I played football from the time I was like five years old all the way up until I was 18 and then I got injured and I couldn't play anymore. But what is amazing about the game of football, Super Bowl's coming up this weekend, what's amazing about football is when those players hit the field, they feel free. For those players, it's like you experience a 
posture and a presence. There's a, there's a, a, a disposition of freedom that you've never felt before because you can hit a guy as hard as you want. You can go as fast as you want. You can go as far as you want. You can make plays. You can show off your athleticism. You're with the team. There's momentum. This feels free. But what's amazing is the game is only played freely according to the lines that have been set on the field. If you go outside the lines, it's chaos. If you go outside the lines, you don't help your team. If you go outside the lines, you can't play the game. Matter of fact, the people who aren't in the game, the people who are constrained are the ones who are outside the lines watching the people who are on the field living free. And the ones who have authority in that space are the referees that make sure that the players play within the pleasant lines that have fallen on the field so that the fullness of this game can be played and these players can play to a level of freedom and flourishing that was intended for them. The boundary lines, that the one who is in control, who created the game, have fallen in pleasant places for you and his presence is there. And where his presence is, I promise you, young people, there is freedom. There is freedom. The ultimate freedom there is for humanity is found in an uninhibited relationship with its creator. And that relationship is made possible through your faith, dependence, trust, and devotion in him. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places and you have a delightful inheritance. And we'll talk more about that next, tomorrow and on Sunday. Amen, amen. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray for all the young people and the leaders who may also be young. <laughs> definitely young at heart if you're a leader here. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. Lord, I pray that we would experience, acknowledge, and walk in a modus, a posture of freedom the way that you intended it. Lord, we know that you have put in place what is pleasant and good and delightful for us. And we're giving ourselves to that truth this week. And I want to know more about that. And Lord, I pray that in the heart of each one of these people in this room, that there would, there would be an openness to knowing that you are a God who desperately loves your kids and you only want what's good for them. And you set the whole heavens and the whole space and the galaxies and everything into motion according to your plan in time. And even still, and even yet, you want to be known by them. And you also are mindful of them. And you desire a relationship with them. And you want what's good for them. Because Lord, I imagine that the creator of all this would only want what's good for what he's created because he loves it. So Father, I pray that we would be open and understanding and that we would come alive to that truth this weekend.
Pray your protection over each and every person in this place. Pray your Holy Spirit abounding in them, through them, over them, with them. I pray for the best weekend we've ever had in this place because you're in it, God, and you put us here for a purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.